0: Coming from the Caveman Studios in Buffalo, New York. Welcome to Caveman Corner with your host, Jeff. Captain
1: Caveman! Thanks. Click subscribe and the bell. Do it now! That's us. Uh, Ruben doesn't really know us too much. We don't really know Ruben too much. Ruben, you became a viral sensation uh, this week uh your interview is being like all over three days man like
2: tops four
1: <laughs> and uh ray saw it, he's like we gotta get this guy on um he wanted to get you on so bad that like he scheduled an interview while i was at the gym while you were at the gym and uh we finally both made it back we're getting a little bit a late start but thank you so much for coming on our platform man and and welcome to k-man's corner
2: oh man glad to be on dude
1: yeah it's great dude uh so, first of all, we have to go into that fight. I don't know anything about you. So I want to hear the backstory of like how you went through all that stuff. And you look so tired in the cage. It's like the perfect yeah. <laughs> it's like a movie, man. So uh why don't you take us what led up to everything that happened to you, man?
2: Like from the fight or like how do you wanna how
1: you like from uh like the story where you got shot or whatever happened to you and then you made it back into the cage and like dude, that's like that's what's been blown up the internet.
2: Well, I'm to put a little bit of clarity on it. Um, so in 2019, I was shot um, three times. I was shot uh, three different times, three different occasions, all in 2019. But the one that got me is I was stabbed seven times. I was stabbed uh, six times in the stomach and one time in the arm. It was legit like young guns. Like I got the knife stuck in my arm and I knocked that son of a bitch out. And then like right when I hit him, I think it was like when I let out the air or when I flexed my stomach or something, like it instantly hurt. And like I was like already on the ground. The guy ran. Um, I mean, I had a whole bunch of friends there and a whole bunch. I mean, at that time, I was basically El Chapo. I was like running a whole bunch of drugs. Allegedly, let me put that on there. Allegedly, allegedly, I was El Chapo. A lot of shit went down. Yeah. <clears throat> so Wait
0: I podcast. Right the the
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then um um I was stabbed and um it was basically you know over a stupid ass drug and um I kind of like led off on a different like route. I was still kind of um I was actually, I started fighting when I was like about 15. Um, so like I went on like a little hiatus. I was, I graduated high school, um, and then I got really bad into drugs. And then that's when all that happened. Um, so fast forward to 2020, um, I got really back into, uh, MMA actually in 2020, I think it was 2021, 2021. I had my first uh, bare knuckle boxing match for Joe Riggs. He had a local promotion here, and this is right when uh, bare knuckle no- or the BKFC just started getting big, and he had a local promotion here, and he had one of those shows, and then that's when I got onto it, and then um, I got my ass kicked, and it filled a fire in me that, you know, not a lot of you know not a lot of people are willing to admit, but when I got my ass kicked, I said, you know what. I need to avenge this loss. Sadly, when I tried to avenge that loss, I got my ass kicked again. <laughs> so, I mean, You know, a lot of ups, a lot of downs. And then, you know, I just, like, put my ass into gear after that fight. And then um, I think I'm on, like, a four or five fight win streak. Um, I fought uh, just now for Fierce Fighting Championship. I fought a guy who just now fought my brother. And um, he beat him by TKO. And I, I, t- I took that shit a little bit personally. So I fucking went over to Salt Lake and I fucking handed his ass right in his own hometown. Um, afterwards, the interview just kind of spiraled out. Um, and that's just where I am today, you know. I'm a recovering drug addict. I'm four years clean. Um, and I professionally kick people and beat the fuck out of them in a cage. And then next week I get to
0: fucking do it bare knuckle finally for the BKFC. Nice. Oh, yeah. Um, are you gonna come up with a rap album now?
2: Oh, dude, that's man. We we got a fucking world champion here, Kai Stewart, and this motherfucker is legit fucking starting to become a rapper. So if I can dabble in that game,
1: you know <laughs> I'm gonna be there. <laughs> I get. I got to go back to getting stabbed, man. So it sounded like you didn't even feel like the, the puncture at all. Is that kind of how it was? Like, I've never been stabbed. Like, I've been pepper sprayed. I had a lot of bad stuff happen to me, but I haven't been stabbed yet, man. So
2: uh, it's one of my... Have big you, like, in fallen, like, on a chair or, like, on a little object? Yeah. It feels just like that. I legit thought he was stabbing me with a screwdriver. <laughs> and then after, like, the fourth one, I'm like, oh, shit, this dude is actually poking me with a knife. And then I seen the knife come up and then I just threw my arm down and it just went in my arm and then I ripped my arm away and I just fucking hit him one time and boy laid flat while I was laying flat on the other side, just bleeding out. But so
1: what happened after the stabbing? Did they take you to the hospital or were you like trying to stay out of the hospital? I know like it's probably like a bad situation. Probably don't want to go to the hospital. What what happened next? Well,
2: like what I said, allegedly I was and a lot of people didn't want to take me They're they're all tripping out it was a really bad situation nobody wanted to like take me there and um there was this man uh his name was um dane fisher rest in peace the boy um he actually died the same way I i was stabbed he was stabbed twice in the chest and he died in crow agency but he took me to the emergency room he drove me on his truck. And like legit on the way from when I got on the truck to uh IHS, which is Indian Health Services. It's um, you know, Native American, we get free health care. Not the best healthcare, but we get health care. They fucking took me there and from when he picked me up, he became my mom my therapist and then for some odd reason he thought he was a doctor and he could try to like save my life and I was like dude we're already by the hospital it's too <laughs> late man just drop <laughs> me off man just throw me out the door head out <clears throat> but yeah dude, did just uh, he took me to the hospital uh oh uh oh that's not me
0: okay man no that's not you
1: Beat. That's, like this story is awesome. Hopefully, uh, hopefully it cleans up. Uh, if you can hear us, Ruben, we uh, you're froze up, so you need to uh, jump back in here. Dude, can you imagine that? I I have a great fear of that. Sweet. Hey. Hey. Welcome back. Sweet. That was weird. Yeah, you <laughs> like froze up for us for a second, so we we heard you about to get uh, just throw, throw me off the truck. That's where you froze up at.
2: Yeah, like, I just told him to throw me off the truck. um, And pretty much that's the end of the story of that. Like, I didn't press no charges. Um, Crazy thing is, is um, I was stabbed uh, February 10th, uh, 2019, and I fought Ezekiel. So it was almost like a whole five-year, six-year fucking coming to the part. And yeah, dude, it's been crazy, right? Ever since
1: then, man. That's awesome. We got some fans jumping in the house. We got uh, Carrie Carlos Leon, uh, shouting your name with some fire, and you got uh, Wesley Kill Eagle Junior. What's up, man, brother? Oh up, man? yeah. Now <laughs>
2: yeah, Wesley, um, big shout out to Wesley Kill Eagle Junior. So Wesley, he runs an organization, it is, um, a fight organization called Fight for Our Future. Uh, fight for a future he based so his whole revenue from the show he actually uh donates it to um childhood cancer research he actually donates it to the uh some of it to um seattle uh mcdonald house ronald mcdonald house
1: oh man the
2: cancer center there and um Back in like 2022, I had like my third or fourth bare knuckle boxing match, and that's when I took their title.
1: So, uh Joe Wall just shout out Roundstone is a real boy. I don't know if you
2: can read this. Either, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I love Guiseppe, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he told me to tell Ray to be like, "Hey, man, you tell him Guiseppe said what's up." So the dude <laughs> is a badass. I love Guasape. I fought um in Fort Hall, Idaho. And Guasape was the commissioner there, and fuck, ever since then, me and the boys been kicking it off, dude. He knew I was gonna kick the dude's ass, you know. It's an inevitable. I walk in, and it's it shows.
1: That's awesome. So, like, I watched this. Um, I I knew nothing about you before. I I plugged in. I got home, and I plugged this in, and I started searching you as I'm making uh, this room and everything. Uh, and I was shocked that you were better bare knuckle boxer because in an interview you talk about jujitsu so uh yeah and then, like i see you win by honor bar so like what are you a grappler a striker like like you seem like a wild dude like i would i totally have you pegged as a uh bare knuckle fighter but you gotta be like uh pretty good at some jujitsu as well well
2: um uh, my bare knuckle record is six and one um i'm actually uh um i have my four stripe on my uh purple belt nice uh, and um yeah i've been actually i was a blue belt for almost like six or seven years so my yeah. coach, or my professor, Jared Stewart, uh, that's actually a Crazy Dog Jiu-Jitsu. He's actually the one who's, who, who's been striping me, giving my bouts ever since he was a brown belt. I've
0: been a now he's a professor.
2: Yeah,
0: I don't think he heard you, Ray. say it again. <laughs> I've been a white belt for eight years. <laughs>
2: hey, man, we start somewhere, dude. Trust me, dog. It, we all get choked. It's an inevitable
1: Karras, uh, Kerry and Leon, shout out CNC management. So, uh, big shout out to them. That's gotta be, is that your manager? Oh, I company? love the chat out of them. And
2: if it wasn't for, uh, Kerry, Carlos and Leon, I legit wouldn't be on the BKFC. I don't like to talk a lot of down on the BKFC because I really wanted to be on the world stage, but I've been kind of jumping through hoops, um, uh, a couple matchmakers long story short i was supposed to fight for the BKFC last year i was actually supposed to make my debut and um yeah it never happened it fell through um so they finally found me i finally got a management group it was actually right after when they let me go i was actually when i first contacted carrie carlos leon and i was like man i think i really need to get a manager because the shit that i have to jump through 'Cause I, I come from a, a small town in Montana, and Montana is very unsanctioned. There's still like a lot of pro fighters that are like, I don't know, they're they're pro bare knuckle boxers. They fought in the BKFC, then they fight for in Montana as an amateur MMA fighter or an amateur kickboxer or We like to throw the word semi-pro out a lot around here in Montana. (laughs) Like, that is a hardcore word out here. Semi-pro. We'll give you a little money if you fight this. An exhibition. That one's a hard one, too. This is just an exhibition fight. But, yeah, you're fighting a pro and you're an amateur. It's just for the show. Yada, yada, yada. They put it on Tapology. Next thing you know, you find out you're a pro and you're fucking doing illegal shit. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, it's a lot of crazy out west shit out here.
0: I might have to go out there and get a fight, Caveman. man. <laughs> yeah, dude, I'll set you up, dog.
2: I got you, man. Hit me up, man. Right after this, yeah. I got you. So,
1: just a little, Ray has some medical problems that uh, have him hard time getting licensed in New York. So, uh, Ray would like to continue to fight, but uh, he's unable to do this. Certain things we're not going to talk about, so if he does get a fight down there, you guys can skirt around it and get him a fight. Like, oh, uh,
2: dude, most definitely, man. We take, okay. man. It is Montana is crazy. You'd see a lot of crazy shit around here. Like <laughs> yeah. we don't, we don't even have a commissioning board. We use a uh, Wyoming State Athletic Commission for everything. Oh, like cool, uh, Fusion Fight League, they all bring in a commission. Nobody ever. Uh, Mountain Force. That's how I met a uh, Guisape. They bring in the ISKA now, but mm-hmm. there is a lot of organizations that still Joe Riggs. I don't feel bad saying about this one. Joe Riggs, uh, the uh, UFC veteran dude was running a lot of unsanctioned bouts around here. Mm-hmm. Was, uh, there was a lot of pros fighting some <laughs> trash can amateurs. And we felt I felt bad. I felt <laughs> bad, but I couldn't say anything because I'm not against anybody making a dollar bill. If he's out there making a dollar bill, fuck it, you know, let him fucking swing and hit each other. That's how I really? learned. I'm not going to lie to you. When I was an amateur, my amateur record is was uh, 17, 16, 2, and 1. Dang. So, yeah, dude, I fucking fought a lot. I should have been a fucking pro a long time ago. Then I was like, oh, I'm going to take a break. Then I came back and then, yeah, in about like a year and a half,
1: I went pro. That's crazy, dude. That's so many fights. Um, anybody that shoots their hand off is probably doing some a little bit shady stuff. So like, you gotta look out for Joe Riggs. I'm sure. Um, like those guys, they they gone through some shit too, man. Like, everyone's trying to do their thing, and uh, like he's a cool, like cool guy, but he's a he's a wild dude. You know, anyone that really shoots their hand off is a, a little bit of a wild boy. So. Uh, oh yeah, him, dude, man, he owes me like five hundred dollars. So. Oh,
2: <laughs> it's all right though. I'm all gravy. <laughs> It's just business. I I have no hard feelings. I love the fucking shit out of Joe. I fucking love listening to him, even though it takes him, like, about two minutes to say five words. I love the fuck out of him. I love the fucking shit out of Joe Riggs. Don't get me wrong. The dude is my fucking homie. I fucking If he wanted to fight in the parking lot for, for anything, I'd be like, all right, bro, let's fucking go. And I know he would, too. I'm cool yeah. with it, too, man. He's, he's cool with a lot of Native guys around here. He's cool with Leo Brassier. Me and Leo go way back. Shit, he's cool with Bridger. Me and my homie fucking who spent a lot of time in prison is pretty cool with Bridger. So, you know, I'm cool with Bridger. And their nephew is actually, like, my adopted brother. Like, I love the shit out of their fucking nephew, Mike Hammond. Mm-hmm. Legit. Like, we're, like, almost all related, which is really weird. And then he comes in some weird random UFC veteran making a gym. Yeah, dude. Then he started pulling some cards around here. And then it was, yeah. Then he then he got a lot of bad taste of a lot of people fucking, um, you know, put in a lot of bad taste in a lot of people's mouth. And then he laughed out of nowhere and, you know, still has a gym here and it's run by a very good fucking striker. Don't want to say his name because he's the one who kicked my ass twice. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow! <Could you?
2: laughs>
1: Damn. I'm looking through your record right now. I'm looking for the name. <laughs>
2: don't worry, man. You're going to find him, man. He, actually, he was for a Joe Riggs promotion, so it's never been reported.
1: Yeah, it's definitely not on here. I
2: don't see it. <laughs>
0: That's a wild west, right there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. You know have a question mark.
1: I'm, look, I'm looking through your record, and um, your, your fight with Chris Smith is a result unknown. I've never seen that before,
2: yeah, dude. So, um, it was under a promotion at the time, uh, that didn't bring in a, a sanctioning committee. And there, he's actually my sponsor, he's actually uh, Marvin Coleman. And, um, and like what I said, at the time, it was very Wild West. Nobody had a commission. Nobody brought anything. They were just having fights, and they were legit paying people to fight, like almost as pros but just amateurs. And, yeah, Chris Smith is actually my teammate now. And I can say this with full confidence.
1: Oh, well, maybe he's not going to say
2: Fight company. Like, legit, my hair fight. Fuck-
1: It up and oh try again. <laughs> oh no, not working. I want to ask him about his
0: walkout too. Let's see. So, uh I'm sure it'll catch up in a second. It's, it's gotta be the phone service out there, in Montana. Yes,
1: forgot the 765 phone service. Out in the mountains. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm glad I didn't try and do this for my car. Hey, you're back again
2: yeah it's kind of weird i'm pretty close i listened to exactly what it said right before i turned it on it said get close to your wi-fi monitor i was like i oh, might as well get close closer again to it so weird
1: it yeah. a, if you get a call or text it might freeze you up too like because you're on your phone so that happens sometimes
2: Huh? no oh yeah i just now got a message i didn't even notice yeah. it yeah probably, yeah,
1: probably, been probably a, when you get a message it probably freezes you up that uh we had uh, a um, uh, Bellator veteran, Patchy Mix, on. He had the same problem. He was on his phone, and like he get a call, and he like z- zop out.
2: Fuck my wa- my fucking Facebook is going <laughs> yep, again. Yeah, like my Facebook is going on. Like I've gotten like 670 followers within like four days. Yeah, like, he like, blew dude. me the fuck away. I've never like what I said. I'm a little Indian boy from fucking Busby, Montana. This is a little bit much for me.
1: That's awesome, <laughs> man. Uh, Joe said Ruben's walk walkout at Mountain Force was powerful. He came out doing a war dance.
2: Oh, oh yeah, dude. Awesome. I, I love to boogie, man. I boogie all the time.
1: So what do you like? You you play traditional music and you come out and do an actual war dance, or is that? Just uh, no, you?
2: I I listen to um. There's a there's a big. Uh, it's almost EDM but um they play a lot of tribal um well which is really weird is they're from canada and they played a lot of young spirit which is a canadian drum group from up there but yeah they play a lot of uh, native drum group and then they mix it in uh, with edm so it almost makes a pretty good dance music man and i love to dance so fuck and it just makes me boogie
1: that's awesome man that's so cool
2: um because, so. you know what, I'm a fighter first. I go there, yes, I love to fucking fight. I'll fight fucking anybody. But secondly, I'm an entertainer. And I love to fucking entertain. That's my whole fucking purpose to go there is to make everybody who's paying a dollar bill to go watch me fight, I make sure they fucking invested a great dollar bill to come see something great.
1: Yeah, anyone that fights in Paranuckle Knuckle is uh, pretty crazy. So I know that, like, your fight's got to be great to watch. And, you know, like... <laughs> I'm sure there's not one boring fight that you got. I'm sure they're all, like, wars, dude. Action,
0: action-packed. There's a
1: fight. couple boring ones, but, <laughs>
2: hey, it wasn't my fault,
1: man. It's the other guy. <laughs> got to get Northern Creed to sing you out on your uh, BKFC debut.
2: Oh, dude, man, I'm fighting a guy from Canada, so I don't think they'd kind of like me at the kind of moment, but next roundabout when I go back to Canada – Oh, yeah, I'm definitely going to have Northern Cree or maybe even Young Spirit. Because, man, I've been digging. Because that's who I know they do a lot of. Um, it's called A Tribe Called Red. They have a lot of great you know, powwow jams mixed with EDM. It's amazing. Love it.
1: <laughs> They're probably going to get a bump from you, from you now, too. Um, what has it been like? Uh, have you been getting a lot of uh, online attention from people trying to take interviews with you now ever since that uh, that your uh, interview went viral
2: or what man like nah, somewhat I, I like to go to the weekly bus on on a, well it's been like about a year but i love to go on the weekly bus because those are my boys levi and Tylen. i've known them since they're like i don't know which is really weird is when they started a podcast i was like hey don't i know you and they're like yeah we go away i was like oh shit so small world man like when you get into, like, a community like Montana, like, there's not a lot of shit to do around here. Like, the (laughs) shit that, like, dude, like... So, you either, you fight, you drink, or you do meth. (laughs) Which is really sad. I don't want to fucking sound fucked up, but that's, like, your only three choices. Or go to prison, which is really fucked up. And then there's some people that go to the military which are very lucky. or Very few, too. So, I mean, you got minimum choices here. So you pick one route and you choose it and it takes you down one way. And hopefully it's
1: the right way. So are you happy with your choice to turn clean and turn the fighting Then, Like, it seems like uh, a lot of good things have happened.
2: Dude, I love this fresh air, man. I mean, man, I've I i I've been looking at it like a lot of my old. Because I, I have like a lot of old profiles on Facebook that are still from back when I was using. So I go back and I look at those pictures and i fucking look at myself in the mirror and i thank god every day that i fucking made that decision. and a lot of it con- contributes from my wife. my wife actually was the one who really motivated me and got me almost like sh- sh- took me to the light in a in a sort of speak. because if i didn't have my wife and she was just like, "hey man, it's you don't have to use, you don't you don't have to be in that situation." You don't have to be that person. So, like, I, I contribute a lot of me being clean and sober to my wife. I mean, at the time, she was my girlfriend, but then, you know, I had to get married after she, you know, brought me to this wonderful life. Yeah, for sure, man.
1: So yeah, you you got clean and sober, uh, you said, four years ago. So that's 2020. You said, when, when did you say you got stabbed? 2019? I got stabbed in 2019. Yeah. So, like, when did you meet your your wife june
2: of 2012 january February, March, April, may May of 2020.
1: so you've been stabbed you've already recovered a little bit from being stabbed and you went back to the life that got you stabbed and then you met your girl and she cleans you up that's like uh it's like a pretty good love story dog oh yeah man
2: dude like or like when i met my wife and it's still true to this day. When I met my wife, we just never left each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it we was really funny. My wife is actually the one who picked me up. Like, I um, I was at a, uh, the Rimrock Mall, and then she pulled up. And then I was actually going to help her uh, make a... Um, oh, fuck, what do they call them again? It's like a trapper shack. And the trapper shack is basically on back of a, a Ford pickup. And we're going to, like, basically... Give her like a little camper at the time, and then I just said, you know, just been kicking it ever since then. Let her been saying it, let her stay at my house at the time, and then we moved to Helena. And I mean, the rest of that story is just—it's a long did she, one.
1: Did she have a lot time with you using, or was she like partaking as well? Like,
2: my wife is crystal clean. Yeah. She don't. She don't even. She don't even drink. <laughs> she grew up in a baptist home so like her mom her dad i mean i love the shit out of both her parents they they legit like helped me refocus my life too and they actually they used to own a restaurant so they've been actually helping me market myself too
1: that's awesome man and like i'm just thinking about like how powerful like women and like, love is because like dude you had like you almost died and you're like nah whatever fuck it i'm just gonna go back to it and then you you like meet somebody. And you're like, man, I'm going to change my shit around. Like, it's just amazing how, how the human mind works. I'm always fascinated by that. Right. It was like the perfect timing too,
2: because, um, when I met my wife, I had to been like, I want to say about like almost, almost a month clean. And like the reason why I got kind of clean was I, I kind of had like a falling out with the people I was with. And then, um. I just said, fuck this. I'm going to go on a little dry spout, leave everybody alone. And then I met my wife in Billings. Well, not really met my wife in Billings. I met my wife. Um, uh, she was kind of like in a, in a bad spot. So I helped her out. And then she was actually in Billings getting a job. She was actually trying to uh, move her, uh, her little family over to Billings. So, And I've already been living in Billings and in that kind of area my whole entire life. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to help you. And then at the time, and I'm going to say this live on a podcast. At the time, I was just trying to help my wife. There was no moves. I know she's in the next room. She's like, you're you the one who made the move. I mean, there was no moves. I was there to, like, solely, strictly to help my wife. Our, well, this, this woman who needed help, she was in a, like, a foreign... My wife's actually from uh, Paso Robles, California. So she was in, like, a whole total different state. It was, like, something... Well, she doesn't even know how Wild West Billings was. She thought mm-hmm. Billings was, like, the best metropolitan city in Billing, in Montana. And mm-hmm. she didn't know she stepped in meth capital fucking <laughs> Montana. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. So she was here for a week, and somebody already pulled a gun on her. And after that, oh, I was wow. like, you know what? I'm going to help you. You know what I mean? She's, like, 5'9", five, 5'10". Five and she her herself has a gun, so I was like, Man, either you're gonna shoot somebody or you're gonna get shot at. So, yeah, and ever since then, you know, I've just been protectionary with my whole entire heart.
1: That's awesome, man. That's such a good story. I, uh, I'm glad that we had you on just to hear that. <laughs> Wesley Killingle, uh, Jr., I had to put my bulletproof vest on to go to Billings today. Uh, yeah, <laughs> see, he you knows. See, Wesley, tell so me, Wesley, go way back, and
2: Wesley is a uh as an army veteran and uh, we talk about billings constantly. i'm like well hey man at least it's not billings because man like billings has gone bad yeah. um just like in about the past couple i think these past week there's been like about five or six homicides in billings oh
1: my god
2: yeah dude billings is nuts like at the time billings used to be a great city back from like about 2000 to like 2008 billings was a great city it was a small city and then out of nowhere, man, it just got nuts. Like the meth hit hard. And then, yeah, man, it's just been crazy ever since. And then I, I was, and I say this, you know, honestly with my full heart, you know, I was part of that mess. So I, I feel like it's my civic duty and as a human duty to try my best to help and fix it. We,
0: hey, so, hey, man Yeah. We got to send the guardian angels out there. Yeah.
1: <laughs> the New York City Guardian Angels has to go out down there and clean up our boy Tom Kilkenny. Uh, <laughs> help you clean up down there. Young yeah, man. Like, just kind of like,
2: like what Wesley's saying, man. There's, there's teenagers down there fucking picking up guns and shooting people. Um, I think um, yesterday there was a 16 year old kid who, I'm guessing, slit his girlfriend's throat. Yeah, man. Oh. Like, dude, it's getting crazy. And and I and I already know it's probably drug related because in in a city like that in a very close environment and you have nothing to do, there's only two choices you got. You either fucking are either drinking or you're fucking using abusing. And a lot of people, especially from around there, and I know a lot of Native Americans, they they choose methamphetamine. Oh it's a really big it's a really big issue on the reservations, man. Meth is like legit took it over.
1: That's sad.
2: yeah, I got a lot of cousins and a lot of family in the game, and every time I go down to the res, I, I have to like almost separate myself because, I mean, if I put myself back in those situations, it, it almost causing it almost causes anxiety, and it's almost like the same anxiety when I fucking um, uh, go get like um. Uh, blood tested or something like that. It almost re-triggers something that fucking, like, takes me back to that, that time. Because, like, even now, like, my wife has really helped me, like, emotionally open up. Back when I was, like, about from 16 to, like, 22, I was a mean motherfucker. Like, I never cried. I never fucking, I never said anything about my life. Like, I probably wouldn't be on a podcast anymore. Like, dude, I was quiet about my life. I thought, like, the cops were after me. Like, dude, it was dark times back then.
1: So uh, Wesley said, my nephew was shot by the cops there a couple years ago. So the only reason cops didn't kill him was because he didn't look Native American. Is there a lot of uh, racism between, like, the cops and Native Americans down there?
2: So the Billings uh, Billings Police Department is number one for, uh, and this has actually been quoted a couple times, because there's actually a couple Native American, um, because they took over, um, I can't remember what it was, but they took over, um, it used to be the old Shriner building, but uh, I can't remember what the company's called. I think it's like N-A-N-A, but it's a Native American-run uh, uh, nonprofit organization that uh, started to help the homeless community there. And um, my Uncle Goldstein, who actually is one of my sponsors too, he actually owns uh, Run DNC. It's a nonprofit, and he actually runs uh, Food for Our Soul. And he actually helps with that organization. And um, they basically are just helping the, hom- the, the homeless Native American community down there. Because there's actually uh, three reservations that border Billings. There's um, the Northern Cheyenne, the Crow, and the, um, the Fort Bound Indian reservation, which is the Aninati Nakota Nation. And um, I'm actually Northern Cheyenne, and I'm actually half uh, Aninati Nakota Nation, which is Fort Boundland. And uh, yeah, dude, when you have three bordering, uh, reservations, they just flood into the cities. It's like, and then, uh, it's like great falls. They also flood into great falls too, because it's like almost metropolitan, but not, you know, big enough to like call it a big city, but like the homeless communities there, they're like crazy. You know, and I admit it. You know, I was part of one of those homeless communities. Like the tent cities, there, they they explode. And like right now, I was just now cruising downtown Helena, and they're we're starting one here on um North Broadway or Broadway. Dude, it's getting crazy. There's like already like twenty two tents down there, and this this is middle of winter. There's two feet of snow where I'm at right now.
1: That's crazy. That's like uh, how how cold is it getting in Montana? We're in Buffalo, so. We get snow and cold, like, so, like, we don't, I don't know, like, how how the weather in Montana is. Oh, don't worry, man.
2: I've been to Buffalo. I've been to, actually, I've been to, um, been to Boston. My uh, father-in-law, he's from Brockton, Massachusetts, so we talk about how it's just the exact same, bro, except for you guys got an ocean there, so fuck that. (laughs) (laughs)
1: It's Montana, minus 40 winters. Yeah, dude, like, it it gets cold and snowy here, too. We get seven feet sometimes. Seven feet
2: oh, sometimes. dude, we get seven feet. Yeah, dude. We I've had, uh, I've crawled out windows before to get a uh, fucking dig out my fucking front door. Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: That's awesome, yeah, too, man.
2: Crawling through the attic and cutting a little hole in your fucking ceiling just to jump out to fucking, yeah, dude. And hoping that you don't fall into like a, a cold spot or a warm spot that like drops you down. Yeah. yeah. And then Wesley, Wesley, he lives on the High Line. So he lives next to Canada. And they get crazy. He lives in Dotson, and Dotson they get like negative sixty. They almost get arctic winds over there. It's nuts. I live in Helena. I kind of, and my reservation is in the um, southeastern corner, so our winters ain't as bad. But yeah, dude, it gets crazy up there. I don't
1: want anything to do with minus sixty. I want to go down south, man, where
2: it's warm. I'm sick of. Oh, dude, man, trust me (laughs) that. I was kind of dreading because I'm going to Canada and it's like middle of winter there. So like right now there has to be like, if there's two feet of snow here, there has to be at least four feet of snow there. <laughs> what part what of Canada do you go to? I'm going to Edmonton, oh, okay. Alberta.
1: Is that the fight?
2: Yeah. That's when I uh, make my PKFC debut. Yeah.
1: Prospect okay. Series Canada.
2: Oh yeah, man. And I'm already, it, I already looked on the BKFC app, and it looks like I'm the co-main event. They I know Nate Shook and David Feldman knows what's going to happen.
0: We definitely got to tag David Feldman on here. Yeah, we've Oh, had yeah, David...
2: dude. He knows what's going to happen. Nate we've... Shook, they've seen my videos, dude. I have a couple viral videos out there where I've knocked out a couple guys on bare yeah, knuckle. We
0: had
2: him on a podcast a bunch, like Ray was just saying.
0: Uh...
1: Yeah. He's uh like him and Ray got like this thing going. I don't know why you guys like each other so much, but uh kind of like it. Him and Dave, Dave get on really good. <laughs> Dave must uh Ray must be uh hooking him up or something. White belts, they talk to each other a lot.
2: <laughs> That's true. <Damn>. <laughs> 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 I apologize, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> if you great.
1: ever actually come to gym, I'll give you a blue belt. Like you gotta actually put some. In your
2: belt. <laughs> <laughs> now you gotta make it your sole mission to make it there.
1: Now, man. Yeah, I told him that before. He doesn't care about no belts. He's like, I just <laughs> want to fight. Now. I want hey, to man, fight that's just how things.
2: I was too, dog man. I didn't give no shits about no fucking bell black belt, brown belt. It don't fucking matter. Like, dude, the only thing that matters is what my fists talk and what my fucking jiu-jitsu says. And after that, fucking that's just noise. But like, I fought a, um shit, I think it was last year in April, I fought a guy from American Top Team that was a black belt. And I choked him out in the first round. So I always say, you know, a belt is only meant to hold up your pants. And that is it.
1: Yeah, but Ray's not in shape either. He gets tired in 30 seconds, so it's a problem you gotta start learning how to throw a perfect fucking overhand
2: <laughs>
1: it's all about the leg kicks dog he loves it like
2: oh man. dude never yeah. mind dude that's it then yeah dude you're you're fucking you if you can fucking master a leg kick dude i don't even i don't even like leg kicks man when they fucking <laughs> hit me in the perfect part of my shin even when i check a leg kick it like crumbles me a little bit like yeah. inside i know it just like deep down i'm like oh fuck
1: Ray, uh, Ray's the king of leg kicks, as we uh like to call him on the broadcast, but uh <laughs> he, the young Ray would never be tired from throwing leg kicks. The this this version of Ray, we need to get you uh back in the gym and train a little bit. I know like the eyes got you uh got you away yeah. from training a little bit, but let's uh let's get you back, dog. Yeah. We do a podcast, like, I keep trying to get Ray in to come train some more. Uh his cousin just whooped on him a little bit, so now we gotta really get you back. <laughs> yeah, my
0: cousin, my little cousin. He's a beast. Oh man! So, what do you um, know about
1: your opponent in uh, uh bare knuckle fight? I know uh, Stan Suma, Suma, I
2: don't even know how to say his. Name I don't either. know how
1: to say his name either, man. Don't
2: <laughs> you, you don't feel bad? I've been butchering it for the past week or so. Yeah, he's uh he's
1: three you zero know, in regular boxing. Uh, it looks like this is his uh debut for bare knuckle too. At least, uh, you know, on the records. But your record doesn't show your better Uncles either. So oh, yeah.
2: I'm a black horse in this motherfucking fight. Well, I'm just hoping that he don't get on Facebook or Instagram and start looking at shit and, you know, start seeing shit. But, I mean, he gets on. I know he can get on Tapology and look me up and all that. It don't really matter to me. He can be fucking King Kong and I'll fucking still fucking fight his ass. Yeah. and we're probably going to go the same way either way but as much as i know i mean on on box record it says he's like 12 and one as a pro i mean records don't really scare me anymore fucking i've um uh, my last and uncle boxing match i fought um eric Hempstead, and eric Hempstead, he was 34 and one mm-hmm. in boxing as a professional and i mean he's 34 and two now so
0: and that's all
1: like, that matters, man. The, the bare no- boxing is—it's not like MMA or bare knuckle boxing. Like, right. You know, you're set up with people that you you should be. You know what I mean? Like they they build your records to right, right. you make that payday. So, uh, it's it's a little bit different. If I saw someone with 32 and one in MMA, I'd be a little bit more concerned than 32 and one in boxing. You know, it's just a little bit different thing.
2: Man, you can hit up Dean Toole and fucking you know, Jorge Masvidal on Game Break. I fucking was trying to get to fight any of those ufc veterans it wouldn't matter I, I don't really care about records anymore records don't really like amaze me that much i mean I, i'll look back at who you fought and like what what you did but that doesn't define who you are today
0: yeah exactly. you know
2: because like this guy he's like 12 and one but that was back in like he's been sitting on the couch since like 2020 2019 pretty much since i've been like fucking back in the gym so and i know ring rust is real i took like a two three year hiatus and dude when i came back that shit was no joke dude i i kind of don't want to quit ever again because (laughs) ring rust is scary man like dude i like i got I like i bent down on my knees and i was like holy shit (laughs) <laughs> it's like man and then like i thought i was doing good cardio and i was working out for that fight i was like oh yeah running up hills sprints and then when you actually get back in that motherfucker a minute is a long fucking time and we got two of them and he's used to wearing fucking bitch mittens and i shit you now man when once it goes bare knuckle i mean it fucking changes i mean not a lot of people like taking a bare knuckle to the to the face and I know that for a fact. You, Me, hey, Ruben, I don't really give a shit. Ruben, are you are you good with the clinch? Oh, dude, man, my coach and fucking Marvin, who's just now coming, and who is my favorite corner man? That <laughs> shit, dude. I, dude, my clinch game is out of this world. Like, dude, man, I fucking, I mean, I I have really good jiu jitsu, but like. I fucking do a lot of Muay Thai. I train out of eight limbs Muay Thai here in Helena. And my fucking coach, Donnie, he's um, American kicksbox and Association World Champion. And, dude, he's, like, took my fucking striking game to the next level. So when I was, like, when I first went to his gym, I was, like, a, a pretty average street fighter. I was getting knockouts just from overhands and, like, lucky fucking head kicks. And that was about it. But now I'm very technical. I fucking, I can really see pinpoint my fucking, my, my throwing now. And I'm not just like throwing to fucking in the wind, hoping something lands. (laughs) I'm like getting really technical and yeah, dude, this guy doesn't know what the fuck he's getting himself into.
1: Man, that's, that's awesome to hear. I, I love to hear these like great stories and I, I love to just hear your enthusiasm for fighting. And, uh, like it's late for us. It's like midnight here, and we get up at five o'clock in the morning. And like, I'm I'm so glad that I'm doing this because just hearing it makes me want to get up and go train tomorrow, man. Like, <laughs> yeah,
2: it's like super important.
1: Great. <laughs>
2: That's Having the a whole mission, man. It it is to thing. get back in the gym and to sweat your fucking ass off. I do it every day, and I try yeah. to put my fucking best to fucking, because I know I have a lot of people behind me. I have a whole fucking tribe, and like not a lot of people from my tribe like see me like I am today. A lot of people see me as still as that junkie because, you know, I did a lot of fuck up, fucked up shit in my life and take this time. If some of the people on the res are watching this and I hurt you or did anything back then, I apologize with my whole fucking heart because man, like that, you know, you go through shit in life and when you, you fucking get through that adversity, you, you learn who you really are. And, like, dude, like, it took me, let's see, shit, that was 2020. Dude, it took me, like, almost 25 years to figure out who the fuck I am. Like, dude, I thought I was going to fucking die selling meth. Like, I thought that's who I was, like, legit, for the longest time. From when I was 13 to when I was about 22, I thought I was going to be El Chapo, sell drugs my entire life. Because that was just what I was raised around. I wasn't, you know, I didn't have like fucking good role models and fucking, you know, all my uncles they went to prison and they were all mean cowboys. So they fucking got out of prison and then they just started working horses. And that's what I did. I just worked horses and I thought I was destined to go to prison. So, you know, selling drugs wasn't too hard for me. I wasn't scared to sell drugs. Allegedly, allegedly, <laughs> I don't know if you remember what that allegedly you, I did allegedly, but yeah, yeah, Ray
1: never sold drugs. Sold yeah, never,
2: drugs. never, never. Allegedly, never. allegedly. I Ray just was on the
1: power. You gotta be on the power. That's where the money's at. You don't be getting Rolex with meth.
2: <laughs> yeah, man. But <laughs> but like, I just like fucking figured my way out of it, and the only way I figured my way out of it is I just almost like had to commit myself to like giving up. And when I just was like, you know what? That's not me. That's not who I am. And that's not who I want to be. I just learned how to start walking forward. Like, it was basically, I just, like, was reborn. And then this past year, too, which is also crazy, is I was actually baptized this past year. So, like, dude, like, it, like, it was, like, almost like a new life for me. And ever since then, shit, I've just been knocking motherfuckers out. <laughs> <laughs> And fucking arm barring the
1: shit out of them. That's funny, man. Uh you, you found God and now you're better at hurting people. <laughs> yeah, dude. Fuck man. I
2: I've actually um I've went through ceremonies on my reservation. I've fucking I've been through fasting ceremonies. I've done a lot of them. Um, but like you know, <laughs> when, when when you when you do that kind of ceremony, you find God in that kind of way. It almost um um, how would you say it? It's, uh, it's very spiritual. You, you touch him with your heart. And then when I, when I found, you know, cause I, I, I was actually, I went to school at St. the Catholic school. So I was raised Catholic, you know, then I went to native, then I was, you know, fully through my life into native American history and native American spirituality, went through Sundance, went through fasting, did all that. And then you know, like what I said, I went through drugs, and then you know I found my boy Jesus Christ, and you know it, it like I don't know, it's weird and light. I don't want to sound corny, but like legit, like I seen the light. It was like I just needed to be here. You know, oh, I just was like, oh, this is who I needed to be.
1: It's not yeah. corny at all. Marvin says, I hope everyone just sees how much you had to overcome. Good night, brother. See you at training tomorrow.
2: He knows it. I'm going to be there.
1: <laughs> With my and then uh, sell the powder. Don't get Rolexes selling that. K-Man 2024. He's been out uh, right now. <laughs> campaign slogans. So I, I, I did this funny video where I was going to run for president before. Uh, if you haven't seen it, Joe, you should definitely check it out. Um, K-Man for president. shaved my head and I did this funny skit. And uh, I'm going to have to do another one now. Like Joe is uh, Joe's giving me some inspiration. <laughs> Came mad for president. Yeah, oh, I'm oh, gonna
2: find him. Dude,
1: it's hilarious.
2: Um, man, if anybody, if you see it in the fucking write-ins, just know that I do. I've,
1: I've wrote myself in quite a bit. Just to, uh, <laughs> I have too, man. Really I've actually wrote in my too. brother more. <laughs> I think. It, I think you should definitely write me in if you want a, a good quality president because. You know, I'm I'm gonna tell you exactly who pays me off and I'm gonna take their money and do whatever they say, like yeah, like I should.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> like you should. Not like you they say like you should. Like you
1: should.
0: Like who would want that? Yeah, right. <laughs>
1: oh man. <laughs> Ray's laughing like this like he would not take the money.
0: <clears throat> oh yeah, I'd definitely take the money. But yeah, man, it's just business. It's just yeah. business, man. It's yeah, nothing yeah. personal. Money is money.
1: Yeah, you gotta, you gotta always do the business.
2: Yeah, dude, that's just like how I take it in fights. I mean, there's nothing personal, but I'm gonna beat the fuck out of you, and get paid. Yep.
1: All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pop this in your K man for president. Uh, then you guys can just click it and watch it on your own. Um, it <laughs> is the best. Oh man, uh, I can't believe Ray's shirt is still on. That's because uh, Raymond, his shirt off. Uh, people pay money, they they give us stars, and the Ray to take his shirt off. That's one of the things I would do on a podcast, but no, Noah, one's done it a little bit, so uh, he's been lucky. And then the link isn't all there. If you click on that, that's going to take you to uh, K-Man for President, and you can watch my little YouTube skit about me running for president, and uh, it's pretty funny.
2: Oh, I'm definitely doing it after
1: this now.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because, uh,
1: that's what you should do you should have a k-man for president and uh that was from uh 2020 uh back when uh it was a thing so, so
0: ruben when's, when's your fight coming up it's uh this month or next month um
2: it's march 2nd so about two weeks okay In edmonton canada get to finally travel over the border again
1: are you, uh, uh, you allowed to? Are you allowed to just go across the border? Or do you need to have like a passport and stuff?
2: Yeah, I need a passport. If I was going to drive, I could actually use my tribal ID because um, here in Canada, by Glacier National Park, it's finally legal for Native Americans to spend a week over in Canada and come back using their tribal ID. But yeah, there was
1: a lot of talk. We we're right by the border too, and there's a lot of talk of that around here too. We have a reservation right by us as well. Yeah, this, and,
0: the Seneca. Um, yeah, I know, Nation. the Seneca tribe, yeah.
1: Yep. Yeah, so, uh, like, uh, they can use uh, that for ID for passport, too. So I was just wondering how it works, like, if it was, that was a universal thing or just, like, a regional thing or what?
2: Oh, yeah, I got my tribal ID on me all the time. I like to go to cops and be, like, flashing my badge or something, you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, this is my badge, motherfucker, this is my government badge.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: Are they not allowed to arrest you on the reservation?
2: Arrest? Oh, dude, they do it
1: all the time, man.
2: I yeah. had two cousins just now got shot on the reservation by cops. Oh
1: man.
2: Oh yeah, um, dude, it's a it's a never never ending thing with cops and Indians.
1: Yeah. you <laughs> play when you're a kid, right? Oh yeah,
2: cowboys and Indians, yeah. man. They chase us down, berries and cherries.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah, they should stay. They should stay off your land. That's how I feel. That's rough, man. Are you um? Are you really into your,
1: your native culture or? Oh a-
2: yeah, dude. I, I was my, uh, my dad basically raised me and my brothers all around uh, Native American culture. Um, I went, I've been going, I was, um, shit. I've been doing powwow since I could walk. Um, basically I started going through ceremony when I was about like 14. And then I finished when I was about 21. So I finished really early. And that kind of, like, worked to my advantage because uh, a lot of people on my reservation doesn't know that I went through ceremony. And, you know, um, a lot of people take a lot of pride. And in my culture, we believe that we take the pride and we just put it aside because you're not supposed to be prideful of what you've gone through. So, yeah, like, dude, like, I fucking... So I kind of like keep it to myself. And when people like talk about ceremonies, I'm like, yeah, I went through them. But, you know, I went through them. Um, I love teaching them. Um, I used to, when I was living on the reservation, I used to actually uh, teach a class on how to set up the teepee. Um, I used to also do the sweat lodge, too. Uh, my dad actually fasted in a sweat lodge for seven days. So yeah, dude. It's crazy. And my dad is, um, he's, hes technically he's a chief, but he's the headsman of our society, which is a war society. And then back when uh, COVID hit hard, back on our reservation, like right on the crisp of March of 2020, um, the um, uh, BIA, the Bureau of Indian Affairs, they actually gave uh, um, uh, the justice of law back to the tribal societies. So for a while there, my dad was basically was one of the cops. He was basically a police officer, a firefighter, an EMS all at the same time, because in the health services, when COVID hit, they basically went like almost rogue. Like if you went to IHS for anything like, dude, they thought it was COVID. They like uh, they they almost had like um which is really fucked up because it was on a lot of reservations and they almost adopted the method, but they had this um, um these houses that basically housed uh, COVID patients. And in those houses, a lot of people died. Like they were just basically housing COVID people, killing them and then basically just putting them in the grave. And my, uh, my papa Isidore, who was my mom's uh, stepdad and who basically raised her was uh was one of those
1: deaths. Mm. Man. It was tough. It was a tough time, man. How it was crazy. How did, how did that affect your reservation? Was everything shut down? Like
2: oh you know? man, COVID was nuts, man. The first week it was like almost like um what would you say? Uh it was like Armageddon. Like the stores were going crazy. And then we had that whole toilet paper issue. Now that shit was crazy, man. Like people were going because the nearest city from uh, my reservation is like almost 100 miles. It's like 96. It's Billings. And everybody was going to Billings. And then, yeah, dude. And then Billings ran out of toilet paper. And then people were jumping the border and going into Wyoming because by uh, Busby, there's this little uh, about 70, 80, 90 miles. There's this town called Sheridan, Wyoming. And then people are going there to get toilet paper. And, dude, man, when all the surrounding places all ran out of toilet paper, oh, man, the reservation went livid. (laughs) There was people saying, like, burn the – or use the Bibles and do this. And, yeah, dude, man, it was nuts, man. The grocery stores ran out of food. People were going crazy. Um, And then the societies, like what I said, like my dad, they – they really like started learning how, because my dad, he went to college to write grants and he started getting grants in and then he was actually getting food. And then, um, um I started helping him and then we used to distribute food, like food boxes, uh, basically had all the necessities that anybody needed, like basically vegetables, meat. Um, then my dad was also at the time he took on the responsibility of, uh, Buffalo management. And my dad's been the Buffalo manager for about, six or seven years yeah dude he started we started shooting buffalo started butchering them giving them out yeah we went back to
1: old school times then man yeah that's um it's crazy like it changed the whole world again like people just realize how fragile society is oh um, dude
2: when it crumbles it crumbles
1: yeah and I was talking about eating my neighbors, so like I know it must be crazy over there. <laughs> like I live in a city and we couldn't get toilet paper. It,
2: it almost like you're fighting over as how
0: bad it was. Yeah,
1: I was about yeah, to say I mean, from killing my
0: neighbors, so I had to use some rough toilet paper. I remember that it was kind of like sandpaper. Yeah, <laughs> had to get that single ply. <laughs> oh man.
1: All right, oh, well, was, we're yeah. about an hour in, and uh, it's getting kind of late. That's an awesome thing to end on, like running out of toilet paper. We're all- <laughs> oh, yeah, man.
0: Dude, that was the best, dude. Yo, Ruben, we got to get you on here again after your fight. Oh, dude, when I knock this motherfucker out, I'll definitely jump back on. Then we'll mm-hmm. definitely
2: have to talk about it. Yep. And then I always <laughs> say this on every podcast, man. I'm, I'm almost like Mystic Mac when I get on these motherfuckers. I'm gonna do it within the first 30 seconds. I guarantee it.
1: First 30 seconds,
2: huh? Oh, dude, man, this guy doesn't know what the fuck he's gonna. And he's never been up to scratch. He's always done boxing shit where, you know, you're in this corner and you're in this corner and you come together. Yeah, dude, up to scratch is a total different animal. Like even, yeah, he's never been hit. But the fucking, I've been hit with fucking MMA gloves. So he has and bare knuckles. So. He has no clue. It's going to be a fucking great fight. I can't wait to be in the fucking co-headline of fucking BKFC Canada. I'm going to knock this motherfucker out in the first 30 seconds. I'm going to call out Zach Kelmis. I'm going to call out the shark, and I'm going to get that motherfucking fight. I'm going to knock his motherfucking ass out, and then I'm going to slowly get myself a fucking world title.
1: Awesome, man. Well, we'd love to have you back on in just a few more weeks when you – you collect your first head for uh, for your BKFC run, and uh, it was yeah, awesome bro. talking with you, man. I love the story about you and your wife. Um, yeah, that's let, a good story. Just, just listening to you is like it's inspiring, man. I can't wait to uh, can't wait to go train tomorrow. And uh, like, just I'm thankful for what I have. Like stories like this just make make you like, oh, I'm, I'm glad I can train today, you know. And I'll uh, see you in the gym I,
0: tomorrow, cave okay,
1: man. Yeah, well, I I can't really? believe it motivated me too from this little like little viral clip that like we got such a good story man and and thank you so much for your time and before we got here do you have any sponsors you want to thank
2: oh yeah dude i want to shout out my boy gail Lammers, uh lamers trading post um my boy jeffrey unger at unger sales um the green stampede uh sacred blanket i'm gonna go off for about like good 10 seconds um the oh, fight yeah. life um shit um the vape spot um derma works tattoo ink therapy uh coleman community services um uh sober uh, sober up productions shit who was my other two and all my sponsors and i really want to shout out my wife um the crazy thing about this whole fight i almost didn't take it but my wife was like uh, like what cuz she was the one who actually cal- calmed me down from the last time the BKFC cut me short i uh, kind of had a, a dramatic moment i like i let a lot of emotions out i kind of lo- thought i lost an opportunity and my wife sat me down and she said all right honey you needed you need to calm down because right now is just one opportunity and how you fight and how you promote yourself There's going to be many, many more. And that was just a year ago. And she was 110% right because I got another motherfucking opportunity because these motherfucking hands. So I get to fucking finally get to get in this limelight. And the other day she looked at me and said, this is your opportunity to take. She says, go shock the motherfucking world. And come March 2nd, I'm going to shock the motherfucking world and I'm going to race my ass back because... It's actually my wife's birthday on the 3rd. So I fight, then I have to come back on her birthday. So I'm racing my ass back.
1: That's a great present to give her too, man.
2: Oh, yeah. It's going to be the biggest, man. Like what I said, first 30 seconds.
1: Love it. And then we're going to have you back on. We're going to talk about how it was 32 and a half seconds, and you were totally wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Caveman for president. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I was talking about Eat My Neighbors, COVID 2020 came in
2: 2024. Well, oh, yeah, I also wanted to shout out New Level Boxing. That's actually the fucking medallion I got on. Um, they actually are.
0: Oh. He got a tux. Yeah.
2: they're the next new thing before i get shut down again man i want to thank you guys man thank you guys for having me on um shout out to the cnc management um yeah and caveman for president
1: 2024 let's go chop up all these little clips of caveman for president from (laughs) and then we're just gonna post them all i think it would be fun all right, guys, thank you so much for your time. Uh, I know it's late for everyone watching and, uh, on our time zone. Uh, it's a little bit earlier for you guys, but we're out of here for tonight and see you all on this weekend. We're going to have another K4 show, talk about the fights coming up, and uh, we'll be punching people in the face till then. You got something, Ray? Fuck okay. yeah. Did, did the finger point like I was supposed to let. my did I forget
0: something? Oh, no, no,
1: no. Oh, okay. Uh, Oh, yep. I got you. Thank you to Integrity Martial Arts for sponsoring that podcast. Sorry, my bad. And uh, have a great night, guys. We're out.